Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. crime on every street but one man has seen enough he's lieutenant frank drebin whatever scum did this not one man on this force will rest for one minute until he's behind bars now let's grab a bite to eat he's a good cop who's having a bad day his best friend everyone should have a friend like you is in a coma as soon as nordberg is better He's welcome back at police squad. But I wouldn't wait until the last minute to fill out those organ donor cards. His girlfriend asked him to look her up. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. And his city is in the hands of a master criminal with a sinister plan. I must kill the queen. Yeah. Hello, welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we revisit movies and TV shows we haven't seen in a while to see how they hold up today. I'm J.M. McNabb, joined as always by... Robert Larone. And... Blaine Waters, no relation. (laughs) That's not a joke from this movie. (laughs) It's a a joke around this movie. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about the 1988 classic comedy, The Naked Gun, colon, from the files of Police Squad, exclamation point... (laughs) Do you, always, do you always do that when you're reading something? Don't you? Read, read that's not how you're supposed to do it? That um, makes me extra uncomfortable with like the penis reference and the colon. That's yeah, true. true. <laughs> this is another Patreon subscriber has suggested that at a certain level of donation, you can tell us what movie to do and we have no way of stopping you. Yeah. We're at your beck and call, your whim. Yeah. And for other lower levels, you can just you know get the episode early and- uh, Bonus episodes. Get special bonus episodes. So yeah, if you go to pa- patreon.com slash rewatchability, you can find out all about that. I do also want to mention, if you're listening to this the day it comes out on Wednesday. First off, thank you. That's great. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you guys are really eager. Yeah, right on it. Uh, this ain't going anywhere. <laughs> but tonight, if you're in Toronto or near Toronto or, you know, are near an airport and Have you a get a plane, plane. ticket. Yeah. <laughs> August 29th, 8 o'clock, we're going to be introducing a special screening at the Royal Cinema in Toronto of a movie that's... We did on the podcast a long time ago, but it's been a while, so it's kind of like a re-rewatchability. Yeah. But The Cable Guy, kind of an underrated comedy, I think. For sure. And we're going to be doing sort of a mini version of the show at the at the top, intro the movie, then we'll talk about it a bit afterwards. And a good movie to see on the screen, on the big screen, too, because with sure. an audience, I think it might play a little differently for people. Yeah. And whenever I tell people about this podcast, they're like, oh, so what was the most like surprising movie you watched from your youth that like either really didn't hold up or or held up well? And, and I was like, The Cable Guy is one of the ones that really turned around because it was panned so much back then. And I remember really enjoying it when yeah. we watched it. The one I was, I was looking into it a bit before when I was writing up like the blurb for the website and I didn't realize it actually wasn't a financial bomb. It actually like made a good chunk of money. Right, yeah. But it just had this reputation. Yeah, Yeah. it just (laughs) wasn't well reviewed. They let Ben Stiller make other movies. So if it was a total bomb, uh, that's true. Um, Yeah, they did. Yeah, so come out to that if you're around. We'd sure appreciate it. Yeah, help us out. (laughs) Please. You got to come to the screening of the cable guys. Guys, we said we wouldn't beg, you know? <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. Yeah, Rob will become your best friend yeah. to an uncomfortable degree. <laughs> I'll come over every night. I'll hook you up with some free channels. <laughs> it's just your Netflix password. <laughs> yeah. It's dinosaur. Oh, Rob, don't tell them that. Oh, well, this week on the show, let's talk about it. I'm I'm both 
thrilled and I'm finding it a bit difficult to talk about the Naked Gun because this was a you know I, I was happy at first that a, a patron suggested it because yeah, yeah. it's one of my favorite movies from childhood mm-hmm. but it also is going to be a little hard to talk about because it is a, a comedy and we don't just want to recite the jokes that happened in it uh, and it is just wall-to-wall jokes but let's talk a bit about when we first saw the Naked Gun Rob how old were you when you saw it do you think I were you of age it's, it's the Naked what? Gun <laughs> Actually, I don't think I was. Playing. Oh my god! You saw the call like, CPS. <laughs> you saw the Christian censored version that was just called Gun. <laughs> That's still pretty violent. Yeah. Oh, they're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Just more blood in that version. Yeah. <laughs> my family wasn't for violence or nudity, so I don't think we watched anything. <laughs> no, I uh, I was aware of the series. I think like I saw started seeing the Naked Gun movies around the time that the second one came out, and so the first two definitely blur together in my mind and then the third one came out sort of later and I remember really enjoying them it was sort of like one of the first things when I was like very young because I was like I don't know how old I was when I saw this movie originally but I couldn't have been more than like six Mm -hmm. where it was like oh this is like this is trying to be funny and it's actually funny you know like there's there's things there's that are jokes. funny because you don't understand them when you were a kid. Right. And there's things that are sort of like obnoxiously funny. But this was like on a whole different level. And something about Leslie Nielsen, like as an entertainer, especially when you're young, was just so appealing. Like he was just very lovable. And, yeah. you know, so many comedians were like wacky off the wall. And like kids entertainers are so expressive. But he is very deadpan. And that was fun to watch. Yeah. And yeah. I thought he was great. So I was a big fan. I haven't seen this movie since I was young. So I don't really remember anything about it. Though I, I've seen like a few scenes because, mm-hmm. you know, some of the like chuckle worthy scenes. Right. Have like sort Reddit of, puts up every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think the one about shooting the is it shooting the Boy Scouts or whatever? Oh, the uh, the actors in the park. Yeah, shooting the, sorry, the Shakespearean yeah. actors. Shooting the Shakespearean actors. That one. That one hits home for me because yeah. of the massacre in the park. Oh my god! I didn't know you were no. involved in that. But it's uh, it's I don't know. It's funny. It's a funny movie. What about you, Blaine? I'm I'm in the same boat. I didn't see this movie first in the series. I saw Naked Gun thirty three and third. I think first. What? Yeah. Why was, it's. The final insult. Why would you watch something with the word "final" in it first? I don't. I don't know. I watched Final Destination. Uh, you know, it was, yeah, it was the first one of that. So, did you think <laughs> thank you, were... you Rob, for backing me up on that. <laughs> you didn't the see support. Destination first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I watched that and I really liked it. And I think in that maybe I watched the second one, the one where uh, O.J. Simpson's in like he's falling down the stairs. All the time, like in the very I think that happens in this one too. Yeah, yeah in this one too. At the end, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to stop him, and so anyway, I really loved this style of humor. It's like wacky. It's it's uh, you know it's basketball. It's the movies right. I really liked when it's I was the same a kid. director. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I loved this style of comedy. I loved joke telling when I was a kid. The has... art of joke telling. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I uh, wrote a book about it when I was a kid. <laughs> no, I just like all my friends' dads. They all were like. I don't know. In in the units that I grew up in, they were all like factory workers and stuff. So they'd all have these like really blue collar jokes. Right. That, uh, I love. Did they start a comedy tour? <laughs> <laughs> they should have, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I I love this movie because it kind of reminded me of of that, and they all loved it too. And my mom liked it as well. And so when she heard that I saw this at like probably a sleepover, she was like, "Oh, you got to see Airplane! Like you have to see these other movies that are so good." That's that, that. a good mom. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so um. So when, yeah. When she locked you down in the basement for three. Months, that was bad, but this makes up for a <laughs> yeah, little she, bit. Yeah, she kind of like the good. The good is bad. Yeah. This was a sort of movie that I feel like a lot of families could get behind, even though there was like some sort of crass and juvenile humor. Like it was mostly right. like it was so silly, it seemed harmless. Yeah, it was so silly, it could hardly be sexy in a way, or like violent. Yeah, because it was so cartoony. And yeah, we watched cartoons that were really violent when we were kids. What about you, Jam? I mean, you would love this movie. I, I do. This is was a favorite of mine when I was a kid. I, it's funny. I didn't actually even remember this until now when you were talking about watching it with your families. Yeah. I do remember distinctly watching it with my parents the first time and the joke where he says, nice beaver, and she pulls oh, right. out a stuffed beaver. I remember asking like – I don't like asking what the joke was. It's, it's a teachable moment. Which yeah, is great. but the then they know. they just made something up. They didn't. They didn't tell me. Uh, I was probably like six. But well, Jam, <laughs> turn the TV off. 
Yeah, this was a favorite of mine. I remember I I was so little that we still had a beta player. And I had a you beta. You were on the wrong side of that war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a beta version that was taped off TV. And I remember like my dad taped it for me. And he also knew that I, because I think we'd rented it a few times because I loved it so much. But the part where Ricardo Montalban bites into a corn dog and pulls out a severed finger <laughs> really freaked and grossed me out. And I hated it. <laughs> you got squeamish at that? I got squeamish at that. And my dad actually like stopped recording in that part. So it's just like a little flattened. I had a hot dog. I, I didn't like that part either. I was still a little grossed out yeah. by that. But you must hate Cronenberg then. Like body horror is like. I, I wasn't huge into Cronenberg when I was six. Like, you're, you're <laughs> fair absolutely fair right. enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't make me watch Crash again. <laughs> but. Fast forwarding through all the scenes. Yeah, so I I did love this movie and I followed I don't remember if I saw the second one in the theater or not, but I remember like being a fan of the first one when the second one came out to the point where like I remember there being this hype around it and I I remember like Leslie Nielsen stopping by America's funniest home videos to promote it. <laughs> that's that's great. That's uh, actually pretty good. It was the best part of that yeah. episode. Yeah. What about when the kid fell down the ladder? <laughs> Okay, second best part. <laughs> and when the third one came out, I definitely saw that in the theaters. I remember that very vividly. And I remember the sort of lead up to it uh, included Leslie Nielsen photoshopping his head on the Demi Moore pregnant, nude pregnant photo. Oh, right. Stuff like that. It's just like I remember the culture around this movie as much as I remember the movie at the time. like, And it was kind of this because I think the humor is so absurd mm -hmm. and it's it's just kind of like a, it's not even a very specific parody. It just kind of appealed to anyone. Like it was, yeah. you know, a, a multi-quadrant movie. It wasn't, it was something, you know. That's how they pitched it. It's multi-quadrant. Yeah. <laughs> it goes into the Delta Quadrant, yeah. follows Voyager around. There's it's like, fun. there's an infinite number of quadrants. That's how that works. <laughs> but, you know, I just remember like if kids, you know, were renting something for a sleepover, all the kids could agree on Naked Gun, you know. And if like there was a, you're watching them with parents, even parents liked it, like you guys mm -hmm. were saying. So, yeah, I loved that. I loved Naked Gun. I was a little worried rewatching it, and I will say I don't want to spoil our opinions too much. It holds up remarkably well for a movie where one of the cast members was revealed to be a murderer shortly after. <laughs> okay, <laughs> totally, yeah, very, like very remarkably true. well. <laughs> yeah, Montalban, eh? Yeah, um, yeah. we <laughs> did it. <laughs> he has Spock's green blood on his hands. <laughs> well, uh. let's get into what actually happens in the movie. Rob, do you want to do a rundown of? Of Naked Gun. The, okay. the plot for this movie on IMDb is one line long. <laughs> I just want to say that. What and does it say? It says, well, the, you know, Rob's going to break it. A gun it takes off its clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it just goes, Frank Drebin tries to save the queen. That's it. Oh. That's like the plot to the movie. Yeah, makes Someone sense. went home early that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm done with rewatchability today. <laughs> Unplug the earphones. Well, it starts in Beirut, mm. Lebanon. Right? <laughs> and it's all of no these. No one check us on that. It's like the who's who of evil 80s anti-American dictators. We got Khomeini. We got Arafat. We got Gaddafi. Oh, and let's not forget Gorbachev. Mm -hmm. He was classic. You know, <laughs> yeah. good times. Uh, uh, and Idi Amin. Oh, yes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Forrest Whitaker did a better job than Last King of Scotland than this guy. <laughs> this guy also won an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. But he was standing on the shoulders of this guy, for yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really based his character on You know, that's the other thing I forgot to mention about my copy, my beta copy of Naked Gun. Is Again, it was taped off TV, and it missed the beginning. Oh. So whenever I saw, like, an official copy, like if someone rented it or something, it was always, like, a treat. To see the o this opening the scene, the historical opening, where yeah. you get to learn something. So, I, like, I, I've seen the movie like hundreds of times. I've probably seen this beginning like three times. Right. So it's pretty exciting for me. Well, all of these, all these, you know, evil people, this axis of evil, if you will, sure. are gathered around, and they want to embarrass America by you know, creating a big terrorist incident. Mm -hmm. But unknowns to them, Frank Drebin happens to be on vacation, and he just. Destroys all of them and solves every one of America's problems in like 30 seconds flat with his bare hands. <laughs> 
And he gets no welcome when he goes back to the States. No welcome. No, he doesn't get thanked for that. I will say this was kind of the worst part of the movie. I was glad that my tape missed this part. (laughs) Yeah. It was also kind of like – Again, it's not like a super specific parody, but it is kind of like just a cop detective movie. And this feels like they tried to do like a James Bond. Well, yeah. They're trying to make Spectre kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it just – I don't know. It didn't really – it have many funny jokes. It didn't really fit the tone of the rest of the movie. Yeah, because it's parodying a different genre. Exactly, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's completely sort of out of context. Mm-hmm. But I think they're just trying to say that like Frank Drebin is the mythical super action cop, sure. whatever. But like you could totally take that out of the movie, and it doesn't affect anything. That's too. what my no. dad did by mistake. <laughs> there you go. He probably there you thought go. it was a different movie. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, so he goes back to the U.S. and gets upstaged by Weird Al, well, as everyone does. There he is! No, no flowers, thank you. Welcome home, Frank. Good work in Beirut. We all heard what you did. Thank you, and I just want to know one thing. Is it true what you wrote me about Victoria? I'm afraid so, Frank. She just ran off with some guy. They got married last week. Well, then it's over. It's all over. All of this is meaningless. I did it for her. I did everything for her. And now she's gone. And you came down here to get a hot story, didn't you? Pictures of me to send you a lousy newspaper. Uh, Frank. Sure, you think I'm a big hero, the man of the hour. Well, do any of you understand how a man can hurt inside? Frank, they're not here for you. Weird Al Yankovic is on the plane. I, I guess this was like Weird Al's like first period of fame because you know he he had such a weird career where he was famous in the eighties and then by the time that like we were sort of older he was kind of pathetic and weird again. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just, he just went back to reclaim his name. He just like you know been in the background. <laughs> he's he's had a resurgence now. Though, he's yeah. cool again. Yeah, but I I do love that scene and also did you guys read this that he would apparently Weird Al in the eighties would take dates to the naked gun, not telling them that he was in the movie and wear the shirt that he's wearing in the movie. That's really great. Yeah, that's I really creepy. love that. I hear Daniel Day-Lewis does the same thing. <laughs> yeah, let's just go see this Lincoln movie. I don't know who's in it. Uh, yeah, but the weird thing is, is that his Tinder profile is as Lincoln. <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm going to live exactly like Lincoln did. My Tinder yeah. profile is going to be... <laughs> he's trying to force score all the time. It's awful. Poor Rebecca Miller. I don't know why we went down this path. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in L.A., his partner, who is played by the aforementioned Orange Juice Simpson. Orenthal <laughs> Juice Simpson. He's investigating a heroin deal, mm-hmm. and he gets shot yeah. a whole bunch of times and then steps in like a trap. And then... This was the first time where I started really, really laughing out loud in this movie. Because it's just like he gets shot, so he's dead. But then everything else that happens is just minor cuts and bruises. And like I love that so wet much. Wet paints. Yeah. And he just goes yeah. like, oh. <laughs> I love that. So disappointed. Yeah. I actually love this whole scene. Like yeah. the, he kicks the door down, but his foot just goes through the door. And, yeah. yeah, it's great. It, I mean, it's kind of weird because we're of the generation where O.J. Simpson is best known as killing his wife and her lover, right. and then the trial of the century, and then they made that show with Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. But before H- that... Who's, who's his wife in this... The actress who plays his wife in this movie was in the show. Yeah, Wait, right. what? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Even crazier, I looked, she plays one of the jurors. <laughs> oh, that seems like a conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah. She was his wife in Naked Gun. Why would she do that? Why would, and, and you know what? He got off. Right. So, oh, oh the conspiracy theory. Yeah. But it's weird because I'm having this real disconnect because OJ is good. Like, he's really charismatic. Yeah, it's almost like he's good at, like, pretending (laughs) to do things that aren't true. He wasn't good at that. He was the worst at that. Remember he wrote that book? If I did it. He used the word if. (laughs) But in this, he's like, it's so like. (laughs) Did you ever see that hidden camera show he did? Uh, Well, I was reading about it with my research, Juiced. The, yeah, juice. It was it like was a called juiced. <laughs> it was a show. <laughs> Wait, what? Where he was w- it about weightlifters? What was it? No, it was like, and it was never like released on TV, but it's on 
DVD. His nickname is Juice. By it was, the way. Yeah. It was like yeah, yeah. candid camera. If like or punked the yeah, where like he like there's one where like he dresses up in white face as an old man who's comically <laughs> bad at like reading bingo numbers, and then the end reveals like guess what? It's me, accused killer OJ Simpson. And then people scatter and run. <laughs> oh my god. He did another one where he's at a car dealership. Like, no, not a Bronco dealership. Yes, yeah, so no. I, that was a joke I was gonna make. Yeah, no, That's he did ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. You have you have a comic mind similar to that of OJ Simpson, <laughs> and I dare say a criminal mind similar to OJ Simpson. What yeah, did he sell gloves at no, Macy's? But he, he was it's trying insane. to sell his Bronco, and he has the bullet hole in the front circled and autographed. Yeah, he like autographs it. Yeah, it's fucked up. How did he get off? Like, why? This is crazy. Oh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, yeah, but in this, he's really good. And also, I kind of felt (laughs) sure you have a really big hill to climb there. But fine. Well, to be honest, I also had like a hard time like associating the person that we saw on screen with like the person who did the terrible crimes, like. Maybe it's just like a lot of time has passed or maybe it's just like I've only always known him as like, you know, O.J. Simpson, the yeah. accused killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if we had not seen these movies when we were kids and watched them now, I think it would be much different. Yeah. But now it's like it's kind of fun to watch him get hurt, right? <laughs> that is the thing. It, it doesn't help that he's like <laughs> constantly being – yeah. I, I do also – because I was so little when it happened, when the – the murders happened and the trial started like I when he was arrested and you know I didn't even watch the news but you kind of hear what's going on and being a kid and not fully grasping like the horror of you didn't of like watch murders. the Bronco chase or like Larry well King I heard about it was a it. lot funnier you know it was just like a <laughs> naked gun movie there were yeah. just like sound effects of, Woo! <laughs> well I do remember having that thought as a kid like my first thought being like what does this mean for the future of the naked gun franchise yeah they never made naked gun four and no. three quarters yeah you and one producer in the world were thinking <laughs> that at the time <laughs> well also because I like I had no I didn't I probably didn't even know he was a football player right until yeah. the murder trial yeah 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 anyway so that one, then what happens <laughs> well so then they need to solve OJ Simpson's almost murder because it's a, they don't want first of all they have pinned the heroin shipment on him so you know they think that he's was corrupt so the LA police want to solve the murder before they are visited by Queen Elizabeth II of England this is a sequel because it would be embarrassing if like you know yeah. the killer was still on the loose mm-hmm. right or if he was still part of the police yeah when yeah, the, yeah when the queen comes yeah because yeah. this was a time when the police were worried about being embarrassed by things <laughs> you know yeah we just shot a whole bunch of unarmed people yeah they didn't have tanks yet you know yeah. the police were of a different time right and this is police squad yeah right. yeah which yeah. is different yeah it's so it's a unit within the police I, think. I don't even know that's what the mayor says okay yeah yeah well, i was never I, clear on that well it's like because it's this is based off the show Police Squad. Right. It's a yeah. sort of spin-off. Really, I mean, the first successful from TV spin-off of a movie franchise that I can think of. What about Star Trek. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so they got the same guy. <laughs> well, apart from Star Trek, like it it was a kind of cuz Star Trek was also like, you know, a sequ- let's make a sequel yeah. and a series of movies about that those characters adventures this was the case where it was like movies were more like you know netflix or something is now where it was a show that only aired six episodes it was yeah. cut down in its time and people kind of realized later like it developed a bit of a cult following because it was a really great show and so they got another chance to make this movie so it doesn't even really feel like a sequel to the show because they reuse so many of the same jokes yeah like it does feel like they're like like a reboot almost yeah. like mm-hmm, like you know sure. they like also the, yeah recast a lot of the characters like except the, for OJ Simpson well the OJ no, Simpson is yeah. not in the show he's a white guy in the show oh, yeah okay. and uh, and like uh, the white guy that pulled the bingo things <laughs> oh my god right <laughs> it was him the whole time <laughs> we've been juiced <laughs> Ashton Kutcher's just waiting outside being like fuck <laughs> he like walks away yeah. I don't want to be juiced <laughs> and, I like being alive and George Kennedy <laughs> oh, wasn't uh, wasn't the chief it was uh, yeah. Alan North yeah right. because the studio made them get an Oscar winner 
right. or Oscar nominated actor. And he was in the movie that this was parodying, or that airplane was parodying. Never mind. Yeah, he, yeah. he was in uh, one of the airport movies, and he said he said something to the effect of like he wished they had called him for airplanes. Yeah, because so. he wanted to spoof himself. Yeah, yeah and he's great. Yeah, it's, yeah he's, he's better funny. than uh, than the TV guy. I did watch. I mean, I've seen them all. Like, I had the VHS tapes of Police Squad because they put them on tape around the Not beta? <laughs> I, I, we'd moved up to VHS by Laser the time. Disc? No? Right. I did watch, rewatch the first episode of Police Squad. And? To kind of compare. It is more, like I said, this is, Naked Gun is a bit looser of a mm. parody. It doesn't feel like one specific thing. It's a bit of a, a 80s cop movie. It's a bit of like a 50s dragnet type thing. And watching the original show, they kind of do what they did with Airplane, which was with Airplane, they literally bought the rights to a kind of 50s airplane drama called, I think right. it's called Zero Hour. Yeah. And, and they, it was, they had to buy the rights because they literally took not only the plot but lines of dialogue for it. Oh, and then the funny. writing process was watching that and riffing off it almost like a mystery science theater thing. So the absurdities were, were kind of born out of making fun of this super serious movie. And they did kind of a similar thing with Police Squad because they took a 50s or 60s Lee Marvin cop show mm-hmm. called M Squad. Okay. And literally the first episode of Police Squad is the first episode of huh. M Squad to the point right. where the sets even kind of look the same. Yeah. And they just took that weird, stupid premise of, of that particular episode and, and kind of made silly things. Like the opening scene is a, a man and a woman – uh, who are having an affair in a bank, and the woman's saying she needs money desperately because uh, she's got to pay her bookie. Right. In Police Squad, it's the same scene, but she needs money desperately to pay her orthodontist. Right. <laughs> Things like that. And even, like, Lee Marvin's character is named Frank. Right. In it. Okay. So it was, like, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, it gets a lot looser with Naked Gun. Well, I feel like Naked Gun did that but with, like, a whole host of movies from the 40s, right? Like, it has lines from... Double indemnity and it ha- like it has lines from other movies yeah. in those in, in that yeah. kind of realm. So it like spoofs it, but it also calls back to it in a way. Yeah, which yeah. is which is fun. But it also cool. it feels very eighties to me. What the movie? The movie. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Well, also like it feels very eighties, but it's also parodying something that's very sixties and seventies. So it feels just very old, <laughs> right? Like, in those, like every possible way. Those cop shows of the sixties and seventies, like those, all changed by the nineties, by like mm-hmm. NYPD Blue and everything. Like everything sort of like had shifted. Right. Yeah, yeah that's true. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be back. We have so much more to talk about with the Naked Gun after this. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We're back on Rewatchability, part of the Entertainment One podcast network. We're talking about the naked gun. Bang! <laughs> Let me put on pants first. God damn it. Good sound effects, guys. I told, I told you we don't need a guy pressing sound effect buttons. Yeah. Oh, no Foley guy in here. So then what happens? We haven't really talked about the villain that much. Yeah, Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. And I, I was wondering, here's the thing I was wondering He's about. He's made of rich Corinthian leather. It's <laughs> the thing I was wondering about this movie going into it because, like I said, I watched Police Squad and that is such a uh, riff on old TV shows and it feels just completely like a joke. And it's mm-hmm. perfect for 20. 20- 
two minutes on a TV show. But I was wondering, how did they make the movie work? How do they make the movie feel like a movie where you're invested in these characters even though they're ridiculous? Right. And I think a big part of the reason is the villain's actually really good. Oh, yeah. He's like – as charismatic as Khan, but you don't have to see as much of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even just the fact that they have a villain, because in a lot of the police squad stuff, it's like solving a crime, but right. without like yeah. a big villain in it. And to make it a movie, you have to make it bigger. You have to put the, up the stakes and stuff. So yeah. I think they did a good job with him. He's he's funny. And all his crazy fish are very funny. Too. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to – it's his job to assassinate Queen Elizabeth, who I should mention for our American listeners – is our fucking queen. <laughs> like, yeah, don't that's... fuck with our queen. <laughs> I mean, she's on our money. Well, c- come on. I mean, we got to at least owe her some respect. We have like an attorney general. Have you seen the show? What The, <laughs> the queen? queen? <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, we I wouldn't haven't. have that show if, if Ricardo Montalban had succeeded. That's true. That's or it would have ended earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm going to go with Rob on this. I'm gonna support I hope the him. future season is just about the making of the naked gun. <laughs> <laughs> the assassination attempt. Yeah. He's going to use some sort of hypnosis to sort of train somebody to – an unwitting person to do that. Which is weird because that was like the exact plot of Zoolander, which we talked about last <laughs> yeah, week. This was like just a big thing. They really, they were really banking on this hypnosis thing, yeah, you know, the Manchurian Candidate style well, of. Uh, yeah, it's a genie in a bottle. It's like something that you can use just to like, yeah, I don't know. Does that happen? Easy Does that point. work? I don't think. Have you guys uh, ever hypnotized someone using a wristwatch? No. <laughs> no. We didn't mention the wristwatch. That's all you, man. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. No, because <laughs> we'll forget this. In university, like in Frosh Week, they brought in like a guy to hypnotize everyone. This isn't so, going to go somewhere good. <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, not, not an early early two thousands university culture. Not no. It was it was all right. It was all right. He he, but like I didn't believe in hypnotism. He came in and what he did was. He to find the most susceptible people to peer pressure because I think that's what hypnotism is. He brought up 400 people. Well, there's 400 people on this thing. He brought up around 200. And then he slowly started like reading people out until he got like down to like three people on stage. And then he weeded out the most susceptible person out of like 200 people, right? So I think like there are people that are more susceptible to it, but I don't, I think if you're just mad you were, you were cut. Yeah. Are you worried that you're cut. like there's some kind of programming in you? Like if you say a random word like, I don't know, paint thinner, Must you'll just start. Kill. Oh, no. <laughs> He's walking like a robot. <laughs> He's huffing paint thinner. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it was – and it was weird because I feel like also the guy was like, you can't make people do anything that they wouldn't otherwise do. But then he got the guy to like cluck like a chicken in front of 400 people. That and dude I was loves like, clucking. Yeah, I was like, would he do that otherwise? Like, I feel like this is all a setup. <laughs> like, he paid one student to, to do this. And you know what? I didn't see that student for the rest of the year. <laughs> it was all a fucking setup. But I did see him on a lot of posters for hypnosis shows. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's hypnosis based therapy. People do like use it, I think, you know, to sort of regress into their memories or thoughts or something a little yeah. bit. I don't know if you can use it to like embed commands to kill, but we're going to find out. We'll have to do uh, <laughs> we'll have to do Dead Again on the show at some point. Yeah. That's a movie about using hypnosis yeah. to regress. We, we we did Office Space, which is yeah, one of the That's hypnosis true. ones too. But this isn't really hypnosis because it's just a button that like <laughs> yeah, activates wristwatches. Watch. Yeah. Like it makes no sense obviously. Well, it's better than the old, you know, swinging the railroad timers watch. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's just on the wrist that this time. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was funny because it also figures into a joke later too, which is really funny because when the band's marching over right. the thing, it, they press it. So <laughs> I, f- I feel like it really kind of matters to the movie that it's like a button he can press. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's like, pretty funny. Oh, but like when the grandma or whoever is like demonstrating that. Oh, the secretary. And she like, she like shoots <laughs> off the thing. Whose grandma is she? I don't know. I think she's actually the mother of Yeah. She's the, the Zucker's, Zucker's mother. Yeah. So. I think that's what I assumed. Yeah, and she like you know so she's shoots herself with the blanks. That's that was that was dark. No, she well she shoots the guy with the blanks. There's no blanks. The gun's un- not loaded. Right, the gun's empty, but the, she shoots the guy with the empty so gun, blank, and then she shoots herself with the empty gun, and it's still very jarring. Yeah, that's, that's jarring. I do also feel well, bad he's for a, he's a bad guy because shortly after that they hypnotize the doctor to try to kill Nordberg. Yeah, who gets in a fight with uh, Frank and then gets killed, and he was just a doctor. Yeah, he was a yeah. good man. He was yeah. doing the he OR like later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah that has knock-on effects, guys. God. Something else that I just remembered, which I'll bring up out of context, is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to go now. <laughs> Good for setting that up. Set, putting context, you're out well, of context. Well, one of the characters in this who is sort of like uh, against Frank is the mayor of the city, who is played by Livia Soprano, Tony Soprano's mom. Oh. You didn't reckon? Yeah. I never watched The Sopranos. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what that's the a, fuck? You know, that's a big, that's a big, uh, big hole in your hey, pop culture. You never culture. watched Buffy. I watched Buffy. Uh, yeah, he watched, watched Buffy, Buffy for you. <laughs> you know, I've tr- I know uh, people love The Sopranos. I know I will love The Sopranos. I've tried to watch The Sopranos and I just didn't get into it, but I'll try again. The okay. Sopranos like really affected me. It's yeah. a hard one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Got me involved in a life of crime. Yeah, I'm part of the mob now. No, I know. It's it's on my like list. like that Journey song. I, I know. I have to watch it. I hate that Journey song. Every time it comes on, it reminds me of death. It's <laughs> awful. Entering without a search warrant, destroying property, arson, sexual assault with a concrete dildo. What the hell were you doing there in the first place? Well, also in the scene with the doctor, you know, Frank commandeers a car being driven by like a teen Right. Oh, my God. Driving, driver and uh, her instructor is the great John Houseman. Yes. And this was oh. his final role, apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. This is how he went out. He's, he's great, though. He's so he funny. Great. Yeah. Like that part where I think some some guy in a truck calls the girl a bitch or something, and he's like, extend your hand out the window. Yeah, extend yeah. your middle Raise your middle finger. finger. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was great. In a movie full of, like, deadpan comedy, he might have been the master. Uh, of it, he's so good. He also has a scene in Scrooge. He's like the old man. That's right. The yeah. 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 That, I mean, that's also like that's their kind of trick to making the comedy work. That's what they did with Airplane. Is they cast people who are serious actors who play things deadpan, yeah. like Ricardo Montalban, Priscilla Presley, who we haven't really talked about. Right. Was the future on Miss Dallas. Page. Wait, what? Was she, <laughs> she was Nicholas Nicholas Cage's Cage? mother-in-law. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's totally well, maybe the future. <laughs> you don't know about things. Yeah, yeah he's a weird guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, but she's quite good in these in these movies, too. Yeah. I was, I couldn't find out if this was actually like a meta joke or not, but in the second movie, the villain is... Because Frank and her break up, and she's now yeah. with the villain who's played by Robert Goulet. Yeah. And famously, when Elvis shot a TV with a, a handgun, mm-hmm. he shot it because Robert Goulet was on the TV. <laughs> so, like, don't blame him. I mean, I, and he's not really an actor either, though he was in Scrooge also. Yeah. yeah. But he's not really an actor. So it, it made me wonder, like, it, did they just cast him as this weird, like, extra layer of. Joke, yeah. this weird meta thing. Probably, yeah. <laughs> man, who knows? There, yeah. There was all these like I was reading the IMDb trivia and stuff, and and there was all these like little jokes that you that they put in that would only one person in the world would get. You know, like it's like oh he was a left handed pitcher, but he was pitching right. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Classic. Like, what? Like I don't know. Classic Zuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zuck it to me. Yeah. It, yeah. It was all these like weird little jokes. And, and the credits, when you talk about the credits, there's a lot of fun jokes. Yeah. There's a lot of too. jokes in the credits. Yeah. So then what happens? After he like stops that doctor, we should talk about the end of that scene because there's an explosion. I think that doctor ends up riding a missile into a fireworks factory. <laughs> yeah. And then a bunch of workers in Chinese costumes stream oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that didn't age so well. Uh, <laughs> he, he, I, well, yeah, there are things in this movie that definitely that haven't aged too well. There's also like in one of the next big set pieces, he grabs a woman's breast and it makes the like "auga" sound, which that does sometimes do. it does make that, that sound happen. though. Oh, I didn't. No, now I feel foolish. <laughs> <laughs> but even that, like <laughs> who, like uh, who? I mean, that obviously wouldn't fly today yeah. and it's kind of probably at the time even grown-ups who saw this movie were probably rolling their eyes yeah. at it there's also actually. like a bit where i can't remember why but they like go through like a shower where women are changing right yeah that's right at the beginning yeah funny but also you're like ah. yeah i mean yeah <laughs> if the, i mean like yeah this movie there's a reason why we all fell in love with this movie when we were small boys. Like, <laughs> For sure. I, I watched the Siskel and Ebert review of this, and, and Ebert said, you have to be a sixth-grade boy to write this kind of movie, and you have to be a fifth-grader to enjoy it. Wow. <laughs> but, and he meant that in a good way. He enjoyed oh. it. 
but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he set off uh, rockets under Siskel's chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing to see here. Yeah. But yeah, there weren't that many instances where it felt like, oh, this is this no. is not it would not be acceptable yeah. today. No, other just than the things we mentioned yeah. in OJ, yeah. <laughs> just OJ. Yeah, but they actually diversified the cast. They just yeah. How yeah, could yeah. they known that he would be a killer? That's true. Yeah, true. 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 Yeah. So, but he goes to a baseball game to kind of save the queen, right? Yeah. It's kind I, of fast forward at the end. Yeah. Well, it's all set to go down at the baseball game. He finds out that information from the girl who he's falling in love with. And Priscilla Presley. Yes. Well, that's not her name in the in the movie, but I don't remember what it is. Jane. Good name. Presley. <laughs> But so that's where they're going to like trigger the assassination. And the mm. assassin is Reggie Jackson. <laughs> yeah, which is funny. But they don't know which ball player it's going to be. Oh, right. So yeah. Frank is trying to frisk everybody. Yeah, that's a pretty funny scene. It's yeah. the, the whole last scene in the baseball stadium is amazing. It's, funny. it's yeah. just so funny. Everything about it is funny. The commentators are funny. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes is when they're watching the highlight reel of weird plays and the guy, one of the guy's heads comes flying off and one of the commentators is horrified and the other is chuckling and goes, how about that? (laughs) (laughs) I I just, everything about it I find so funny. Yeah, there are just so many gags. Like they're Mm -hmm. like a gag a minute Mm -hmm. or more. (laughs) Maybe more. I tried to keep track. With a stopwatch. It's also, it's kind of a weird... Because I, I was analyzing this movie because we're doing it for the podcast way more than I ever would just watching it. But it, it is kind of like a weird balance they have because there's kind of two types of jokes going on simultaneously. One is this is an absurd world mm-hmm. where cartoon things happen at any point to anybody. Right. Things outside of the realm of reality will happen for the sake of a joke. On the other hand... Frank is a bumbling detective. He's stupid. He does yeah. things yeah. that are dumb. And it's it's almost odd to me because like some scenes like he has to do something dumb and everyone else has to react like a normal person would. Mm-hmm. And that's what the joke's based on. In other cases, like everyone is acting crazy. Yeah. And it's And he's the deadpan one. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so it's it's kind of Weird I think it all works, but I don't. I don't kind of don't know how it does. I noticed that too. There is like his character, I think, isn't consistent always because he has to make those jokes. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they're not always entirely motivated. But I think like the great performance that Leslie Nielsen gives is basically committing to whatever it is, even if it doesn't like necessarily make sense. To the character or even like right. to the scene. You yeah. Know, and well, he's committed to the joke more than anything. Yeah. And I feel like there isn't really a character of Frank Drebin. He plays like characteristics, but there's no real yeah. character yeah. to him. Like Zo- like watching Zoolander like we did last week, it, it, it really was like a perfect movie to do before this because it's about someone who's stupid that does that's bumbling too and trying to like solve something. Yeah. Um, you can write down the specifics of his stupidity he's like you know narcissistic yeah he definitely has a character whereas frank like is a chameleon a little bit and i think that's why he's whatever the scene needs exactly and the reason that works is because this is like a movie that has no coherence to it at all like the characters don't have a coherence the plot barely does the jokes are so off the wall and, and crazy but if they were trying to make like a movie with a plot that had to like be serious and be real then I don't think his character would fly like it only flies in this movie right yeah. but yeah. it sort of works I mean the plot as it is like there is a plot somebody's going to kill the queen he has to right. stop them yeah. you know there's the like little bits that sort of come in between like the the romance and everything those are all like we all know the beats from every other movie that has used them so like it doesn't even need to have like the sort of like emotional grounding or whatever that we expect from even a comedy movie like it yeah. can just sort of like you know reference it in the moment make a joke about it and sort of move on like yeah. it doesn't need to have like a sustained sort of and this I, is what this is i think the the way that the Again, like the casting choice to hire, you know, heavy actors to play these parts. Like, well, I thought they were looking pretty trim. <laughs> but it contributes, oh, like Ricardo Montalban, like you feel like he really has this evil agenda that he cares about. Yeah, right. You know, like it, it, you feel kind of anchored in this plot, even though it is so silly. Tell me, Mr. Papsmeyer, in all the world, who is the most effective assassin? 
Well, I would think anyone who manages to conceal his identity as an assassin. Yes. But there is even a more ideal assassin. One who doesn't know is an assassin. Care for some tea? Yes, please. Dominique, service for two, please. I must kill Papschmeer. And I, I do think I think Leslie Nielsen. It's funny to say he's underrated because this was a huge movie and it, mm-hmm. it kind of launches his kind of secondary career in yeah. a lot of ways. But he is kind of underrated. He's so good in this movie that he turns lines that aren't funny and sometimes aren't even jokes into things that I consistently laugh at. Like yeah. there's a moment where like. Nordberg is saying I love you at the beginning when he's right. half in a coma and he says like I love you too and then he finds out it's the name of a boat and he says Frank it was the name of a boat and he says yes I realize that now like <laughs> yeah. it's not a like funny hurt. line but it always makes me laugh the well, way he says it and I think that's because he like plays the emotion of it too like he plays it he gives the character some emotion in that in that moment yeah which, which is fun totally. and and great and i don't know if it was written that way like yeah it's great yeah he's he's so good i did meet him once did i ever Ooh, tell you that yeah. i probably mentioned this on the show before but was there an explosion the around there like what? <laughs> no what it was uh, it was a book signing oh, okay and it was like out in scarborough or something Ooh. i drove out to it and there was there was no <laughs> one there i got there for the book signing there were maybe like four other people in line and i went and so i because it was so sparsely attended, got to talk to him for a few minutes, and uh, he was super nice. I was just a kid at the time. And then I remember we left and went somewhere else. It was in a mall and walked back, and the line had grown. It was a giant line because everyone was walking past and seeing oh, it was Leslie Nielsen nice. there, yeah. and they'd all line up because everyone loved him so much. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. He was uh, awesome. Yeah. He was great. He also had a recurring spot on Who's the Boss oh, yeah? this time. He was a, a love interest for Mona. Really? Yep. Good. He I'm also, we should maybe mention, like, did you guys watch any of the subsequent parody movies he did that weren't necessarily uh, written by the same team? I know, like, Pat Proft, who worked on these, did some of them. But, like, yeah. you know, he made Wrongfully Accused and Spy Hard. Wasn't and, there a Dracula Dead and Loving It? Well, that was yeah. Mel Brooks did that one. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, same kind of thing. Dracula Dead and Loving It. Wasn't which, he in it? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. We should do that on the show sometime. Sure. 2001 something. I don't know. I never saw that one. But did you guys watch any of those? Repossessed was one. It was like an Exorcist yeah. parody. I think I saw wrong, wrongfully, wrongly Accused. Wrongfully Accused. Wrongfully Accused. Yeah. I remember one with like where, when Anaconda came out, there was a joke in it. Uh, about Anaconda, but like, I, yeah, yeah. I, they're they're so faint in my mind that I can't. I kind of want to watch them all again, just because I loved Leslie Nielsen so much in this movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun to watch them. Well, it's probably diminishing returns, unfortunately, yeah. for yeah, some of them. Yeah. I mean, they did the whole parody genre got a bit thin towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think yeah, part... with like epic movie and stuff. Well, I mean, some of those like you know, like it's sort of revived when they did scary movie, mm-hmm. whichever one was good. Well, they did scary the the Wayans did the first right. two, and then for the third one, they brought in David Zucker, yeah, to do, and that he actually Leslie Nielsen, I think, is in the third one as the president, mm-hmm. and but it also like doesn't work as well, partly because I think like the actors aren't, yeah, aren't as like Charlie Sheen. You know, didn't have the skills that Leslie Nielsen did. Take that back. <laughs> Sir, you are talking about Hot Shots Part Duh. And I like Anna Ferris, but she doesn't like ground it in the same way that, that some of these <sighs> yeah. characters do. And it also like like we were saying, like Naked Gun doesn't feel like a specific parody of a specific movie. Those were so specifically referencing, you know, three or four different Horror movies. And they'd grab like jokes from other movies that came out that were popular. Exactly. That weren't even like the same genre. They were like yearbooks of the year before. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. It felt like, yeah, like a hodgepodge of like Mad Magazine. Like a flashback episode or something. something, Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the parody genre. I I do actually quite like uh, Angie Tribeca. Yeah, I was going to mention watch that. Yeah, no. I've I've watched a lot of it. I really like it. Yeah, it's very what is funny. that? It's a uh, it's it's like Police Squad. 
Oh. But with uh, Rashida Jones, yeah, and oh. Steve Carell and his wife are producers. On yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Oh. It's it's the same style of humor. It's it's really funny. Yeah, but like messing with like CSI and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. Do they make yeah. any jokes about enhancing things? Oh, all the time. Okay. Yeah. And that's the the other thing I wanted to mention comparing the movie to Police Squad is what Andrew Trebek is able to do. Also, is like they played with kind of formal elements of TV in a really funny way, like. Every single episode, they say like tonight's episode, and it would be one name, and then the narrator would say the other, and they say right. tonight's guest star, and they'd have someone in for two seconds who's who aren't in the rest of the episode, right. yeah. and they'd always do the thing with the freeze frame where everyone freeze frames at the end, but they're just yeah. holding it as best <laughs> they can. Yeah. So they like the show was able to play with you know conventions of that genre that the movie doesn't really have anything like that where they're they're messing with any kind of filmic elements well in the one same thing way. is that in the credits it lists the the lines that the minor characters <laughs> spoke instead of like guy right woman yeah, yeah. holding yeah it's broom. their name is their line yeah he's yeah, like hey you funny. there yeah it lists people's like divorce attorneys that was the good. show yeah there's there's a lot of great uh credits but yeah i know what you like sort of monty python did like a lot of that with their movies like, oh yeah the yeah the, the holy grail has a whole credit parody thing yeah yeah mm-hmm. totally and i'm sure yeah that that's an influence here and obviously like the marx brothers the, the zuckers don't seem like like formal comedy people like they're like more making jokes of like what they see rather than like making jokes of the elements of what they see like the film elements like the film yeah sometimes i don't know Maybe well that's... they're like yeah they feel very like it does feel like it harkens back to like the marx brothers and things and just this kind of pure absurdity i'm thinking of like the scene where in the baseball game where frank won't let the third out be called right, so, right. And it, it escalates to the point where the the umpires are throwing the ball back and forth at each right. other like that just felt like so lunatic crazy it, yeah. It, yeah i love that stuff but and we should also mention we should mention jim abrams because it's like were like Zaz, Z- Zucker, Abrams, Zucker right. is what they went by. And their backstory was like they did stage work. They did the Kentucky Fried Theater, which okay. became Kentucky Fried Movie. Right. And then Airplane. And, and the, so they, they do have like, I guess, so like sketch comedy roots. Started like the parody genre in a way. Yeah, the, for sure. This specific version, I mean, there are movies with like elements of it like we were talking about and with yeah, the but pythons they, and things but not in the same yeah. way but it always seems like it came out kind of after them too like were they do you guys think that they kind of like started this parody genre and then other people jumped on board well maybe they took it to like it's silliest sort of extreme like right. not that like it's silly and funny but like when other people do it they're still trying to make like a singular piece of work like mel brooks like Young Frankenstein is still like it's a real movie that is its own thing, you yeah. know. It's and, not like a parody. Just yeah, that's true. Yeah, Melbourne. but I think like I keep saying it, but like I think the real landmark for them, the the real thing that that kind of changed up the genre with Airplane was realizing that we can cast all of these serious actors like Airplane. You know, is, is Lloyd Bridges and Robert Stack and right. Leslie Nielsen is all these guys that, you know, have been around in 60s and 70s right. TV in very serious roles. Yeah. Leslie Nielsen wasn't known as a comic actor at the time. Not at all. Yeah. yeah that's the thing. They got these like guys who are, you know, Peter Graves, another one to Just say with a name like that. You can't do comedy <laughs> <laughs> to say, you know, have you ever been in a Turkish prison with a to a child with a straight face? I mean, it, he might not get a Marvel movie after that. But, <laughs> no, but I think like that realization that, you know, led the way for these movies is what really changed the genre. We, and we also got I mean, Charlie Sheen's I, I said he wasn't as good, but like with Hot Shots, that was also was like Hot Shots. Yeah, he because he delivered it so mm-hmm. seriously. Yeah. Yeah, because he was a serious actor at the time. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I see I see that point. Yeah. And that was I think that was Jim Abrams who made the yeah. Hot Shot movie. So that's and, the thing they all kind of they all wrote this movie, but they decided not to direct them. Right. The last movie they'd made before was uh, not a parody movie, and it wasn't one they'd written. It was Ruthless People. Did you guys ever see that? No, um, I don't think so. And they all directed it, and I guess maybe didn't have as good an experience and kind of split up after that. Oh, that's sad. I don't like – when watching this, I was like, oh, there's something – maybe it's the nostalgia of it. Maybe it's because I've seen it so many times before, but there's something like so – pure about the parody in this and like we're talking about like the newest ones like epic movie and ones that seem just like i don't know dumb even though this is dumb it seems that seems dumber for some reason do you think like what is parody missing now a days i haven't seen think? those those recent movies to be yeah. fair but 
I I would say that it's I like I said the acting, and I would yeah. also say like focus. Like right. we were talking about those movies just pull from oh, so gosh, many gosh. different places, whereas this feels like its own story that you know pulls from like things that fit the the tone they've already set from movies that are in the same kind of universe as this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't like yeah, it wouldn't they wouldn't do Anaconda riffs like this. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. That'd be funny if they did though. And we we should mention Jerry Zucker, who's the other Zucker brother, went on to direct movies like Ghost and First Night. Ghost is hilarious. We've done on the show. <laughs> First night is funnier, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That part where he, he keeps dropping the sword <laughs> and uh, kicking it away. Ah, yeah. I can't get it. When he comes in second at that prize. David uh, Zucker is like a big Republican. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, he just ruined everything. No. It's he, fine. Is it? I bet he's is just he like Republican viewing now? the country yeah. unraveling like it's a fucking parody movie. It's just like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Actually, I think I've seen like when some ridiculous thing about Trump gets exposed, people using the meme of Frank Drebin in front of the fireworks factory saying nothing to see here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he in the past, he's like made videos like making fun of the Democrats like he was big into trying to reelect George W. Bush kind of thing. Like he made the only one I could find online was he did one with like an actor pretending to be Madeleine Albright, like going and giving gifts to Kim Jong-il and and things like that. And it's like, man, if you thought that was bad, just wait till, <laughs> yeah. just wait till this guy <laughs> yeah. giving his dad a basketball is nothing compared to, uh, to the way North Korean diplomacy has escalated. Yeah, they gave him a basketball player this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was, and I was trying to find out if he did anything in terms of like supporting Trump. And I did see one thing saying that he kind of sat out this election. I don't know right. <laughs> in terms of making – Ridiculous videos. Yeah, that's fair. I've done enough harm. <laughs> what do you think? And he also directed the 2008, I think it was 2008 movie, which was another parody movie, An American Carol. Do you oh, guys remember this? Oh, no. With uh, Kelsey Grammer? Kelsey Grammer's in it. Oh, what? no. I've never heard of it. I think Chris Farley's brother. No. It's basically like the structure of falling down a well. It's a, it's a it's a Christmas Carol, but with like a Michael Moore type filmmaker being taught not to hate America by three ghosts, one of whom is Kelsey Grammer. Oh, I knew I hated Kelsey Grammer yeah. for a reason. It's got to have like Stephen Baldwin in it somewhere, uh, probably Kirk Cameron. I think John Voight's probably in there. It's the same cast as the Roe v. Wade movie. <laughs> let's not let's not kid around. Oh man! Yeah, so that I really looks horrible. Want to watch that movie. You know? I mean, yeah, but it is like I think no, it's don't. in the same style as Naked Gun and Airplane. Oh, okay, but so yeah, I can yeah. laugh while I cry. That's what you're saying. I don't think you're gonna laugh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> fair enough. I don't think you're gonna cry. <laughs> just be depressed the entire time. <laughs> yeah, it's just a numb sort of feeling <laughs> as everything crumbles around this you. Can't be humanity. Yeah, and Pat Proft is the other guy who is always like contributing jokes to these movies, and yeah, I think yeah. he did. He direct the third one. I'm not sure. I know he went on to do Police Academy. Yeah, and that's why they Wait, changed. Did he? Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was part of Police Academy, and that's why they had to change the name of Naked Gun. Cause yeah, they changed it. From Police, Police Squad. Squad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the quote was... Uh, Cops, they were funny in the 80s. They weren't shooting as many people. <laughs> they had like 50 names that cleared, and they picked the Naked Gun because it was so ridiculous they could never live up to it. I was like, that's funny. That's good. They it's also, a pretty good title. It is a great title. I mean, yeah. You want to see that movie? Yeah. They also were talking it's like about Free Beer the movie. <laughs> you want to stop? It's a sequel to Free Willy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, go beer, go! <laughs> <laughs> Rob's just like jumping over someone to grab the beer. <laughs> no, no, don't free the beer. <laughs> what are you doing, idiot? <laughs> they, they were talking about rebooting it with Ed Helms, right? For a long time. Which again, I think misses the central point. Like Ed Helms is a funny guy that we know for being funny. It's not going to work the same way as it did. What Police Academy? No, no, no. Oh. Naked Gun. Naked Gun. They were going to make a, a new Naked Gun with Ed Helms no, for a while. They already, didn't they already do that with Vacation? They tried to like yeah, do that's a new true. Vacation with Ed Helms? That was, sucked. He was the guy that just what? came in for 80s reboots. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, Hollywood. We need somebody to do a comedy franchise reboot <laughs> from the who 80s. Should, who should be at the helm? <laughs> anyway. Ugh. Yeah. I know. I'm just I'm doing that based on your pun. 
Oh, no, I was yeah. doing that based on my pun, too. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, let's go around. I get it. <laughs> let's go around and decide if if Naked Gun was rewatchable. Rob, what did you think watching it this time? Don't Call Me Shirley. That, that was a different movie. Yeah, I know. But don't, because I don't like it. <laughs> I I really enjoyed rewatching this movie. It was a lot of fun. I, you know, in a lot of ways, like, this seems like a, a silly movie for an adult person to be watching. It's like, I'm going to... I'm going to watch The Naked Gun, you know. <laughs> it's going to be some silliness happening, you know, lots of prancing, pra- prancing and pratfalling, pratfalling and prance. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but I... Are you one of the reindeer? What's going on? <laughs> I laughed at so many, like, moments of this movie and only some of them involving OJ in pain. So I... <laughs> I kind of want to watch at least uh, maybe Naked Gun two and a half to see how that one holds up. See if that one has a few yeah. more laughs. I'm not sure about the third one, but that one's got a pro environmental message. Oh, if well, we had listened, from, from then a perhaps Republican. Too, yeah, well, and also, yeah, they're constantly making fun of George Bush Senior in that. Weird. Well, remember Richard Nixon was the person who started the EPA. So That's it right. used to be Republicans were on this climate change and global warming shit, and then it became unprofitable. <laughs> <laughs> So it is rewatchable. Cool. Yeah, it's a classic. It's totally rewatchable. It's it's there's so many jokes that you remember while watching it and you kind of like the tension of a horror movie where you know something awful is going to happen. It's like the tension of the comedy where you know right. jokes coming up and you're like, yes, I can't wait to see it that again. Kind of, it's kind of fun. Like there's like two things. One is like not seeing the joke before it hits. And the yeah. other is being able to see the joke. And sometimes that is less funny. But in this. It's still funny. Somehow more funny, yeah. One thing I was laughing at, obviously knowing where I was going, is the scene where he, you know, he pees with the radio mic on. At the beginning of the scene, (laughs) while while the mayor's talking, he just keeps drinking water. (laughs) Just keep cutting back to like empty pictures of water. And it's it's not funny unless you know it's coming. You wouldn't even probably notice unless you know it's coming, but it's so funny to me. It's so funny. Drinking water. That's weird that that's like a joke in this movie, but then it like actually reopens an investigation like later in a HBO documentary. Yeah, he's like, like, he didn't admit to killing his wife or something. <laughs> exactly. I killed them all. <laughs> While he's peeing. <laughs> just, just going through his, running through his I evidence do it. against him. I had him. to murder them. <laughs> they were doing Shakespeare in the park. Yeah, and, and I feel like this movie is also like a lot of movies stood on the shoulders of giant, like this movie being a giant movie. Like, you know, Austin Powers, the pee thing. Like, it's just, there's, there's oh, yeah. so so many jokes from this movie that went on to be big Ace Ventura, the molesting movie. sports stars thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Sandler, the longest pee. Like, there's so many comedy sketches out there that kind of, like, are, pull from this. I mean, this. there's a wh- untold history of pee jokes that predate celluloid. You know, <laughs> it's all part of the human right. legacy. Yeah, but they're all, they've all gone down the drain now. But the thing no about, like, what's great about this movie, even when it's at its most infantile, is it feels so calculated and mathematical and, mm. like, planned. Because, like, that scene is ridiculous. He's just the sound of him peeing. But it goes on just long enough where you're like, okay, I get this joke. And then it stops and everyone starts talking again. And then he starts peeing again and it's funny. And then he starts going like, whoops. Like, <laughs> oh my God, it sounds like, oh. It's, and yeah. he's, like, he's like holding on to the thing and like yeah, thrusting. Yeah. It's, yeah. They have, they planned, do you guys do that? <laughs> That's the only way I'd be, man. But they planned just enough variations on that joke and yeah. had them ordered in – just the perfect amount of time to maximize the laughs from that scene, and wow. then it ends. You know, yeah, yeah, and and I think there's there's some some great uh, comedy out there that's like third wave funny, like beating a horse back to life. You know, where like you get comedy out of a joke that's gone on way too long. And I think there wasn't many jokes like that in this movie, but the P one was one of them, and, and it was perfectly timed. You're right, and I think the the timing of most things in this movie, it didn't feel. Like a lot of the 80s movies feel long or feel like, yeah. oh, it would be cut to hell now. Like it would be so much more fast paced now. And this felt like it was at a good clip for yeah, all the like jokes. Yeah, it was like an hour and 25 minutes or something. Yeah, exactly. It was perfect length for comedy. I think it's a really very rewatchable. JM, I think I know your answer too. Yeah, totally rewatchable. In fact, you know, speaking of what we were just talking about, the the, the length and, you know, how, how uh, kind of lean and, and calculated it is. You know, compare that to like the Apatow style now. Oh and, my god! There's you know there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of great movies made in that 
mold. I, you sure. know, yeah. But there are also a lot of ones where like scenes go on way too long, and you can just tell the actors are riffing that day, and it's it's not really planned. Straining out. to riff. Yeah, and so to watch something, to damn. watch something where like funny. Funny people, <laughs> not not the people from Funny People, but but right. funny guys, Actually, no. <laughs> funny guys making this movie like took the time to work that hard. Like I read somewhere, like sometimes they do forty takes of a scene. Right. Uh, like <laughs> Leslie well, Nielsen was crying; he was in tears. <laughs> and, we, and we were all laughing because he's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me pee again. <laughs> But like, there's something kind of refreshing. See, having seen so many movies where they're like, "Well, we've got f- funny actors. We'll figure it out on the day." Like to see, they leave so like, much B-roll in. You're like, yeah, oh. to see like how planned out it is and how uh, how kind of streamlined the comedy is to be this this kind of perfect joke. I think is refreshing in a way. Uh, I will also say, like, I was watching it. I was excited to do it at first when I first heard we we're going to do this. And the day I was watching it, I it was just I was in a really shitty mood. I was my, there was physically my body didn't want to laugh. Right. I was I was not having a good day. I I'd had a hard day, but I had to watch this movie for the podcast. And I put it on and I was laughing in spite of everything else going on in my brain. There was just like this chemical reaction based on what was happening that just made me laugh. And I think Rewatching it now, I realize like just how much value there is in that, yeah. and how much when you have a movie that that so many people find funny, and that the jokes there's so many of them that they still work all this time later. It really does make me kind of appreciate it in a way that I didn't necessarily. I think it really is a great movie. Wow! Well, thank you, Patreon, for, yeah. for coming out and yeah. doing this movie. Hey. This is great. Saved James Day. You saved his <laughs> life. He was on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except for O.J. Simpson. They should uh, Christopher Plummer that shit for the DVD. <laughs> Just getting shot so many times. Break a hip. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, you can find more episodes at rewatchability.com. If you uh, subscribe and rate us on whatever device you're listening to us on or platform, like, you know, if it's Apple Podcasts or what have you, go subscribe, rate us. Facebook.com slash rewatchability. We're on there. You can follow us at rewatchability on Twitter. And if you're listening to this on or before August 29th, come out to see the cable guy with us at the Royal Cinema. Yeah. Get out of the house for once. You're just sitting there watching TV. I know you are. Keep keep going. I know you are. <laughs> I'm not watching or anything. I can I just know. It's just Rob for the next 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm waving. <laughs> You can cut this here, but you're, have you ever like watched those daytime TV ads, like if you're sick or something, where it's like talking to unemployed people and be yeah. like, sign up for this like online college. It's easy. What, are you just going to watch TV all day? Like it's really like aggressive. What are you going to do with your life? It's like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> You've had mom. three bags of Cheetos. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.